Welcome to the Wake and Take Podcast. On today's show, we recap the Vikings' 27-24 win in overtime over the Jacksonville Jaguars to move in to the seventh spot, the final wildcard spot. We'll recap all of that. We talk NFL standings as well as a Packer recap with Andy, and we wrap the show with an amazing tale from Ramblin' Ricky in his Tales of the Week. And it's Zachary. Call the rising sun, and it's been a ruin of many a poor boy. And God, I know I've won. And welcome to the show. Vikings get a huge win in overtime 27 24 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it was ugly, boys, really ugly. Uh, anytime you're beating a one in ten team in overtime, uh, you're gonna scratch your head a little bit. Uh, and it, but you know, nonetheless, a win is a win. And especially with the Cardinals' loss on Sunday uh, to the Rams, the Vikings are in the playoffs if the season's uh, ended today. BG from from one in five to six and six. Uh, it's been a, a long journey, but hey, we're here. We got four games left, and we got a chance. Yeah, it's pretty incredible that we're in the playoffs right now with how bad we played the season and especially the past two or three games um, and win two out of those past three games against booty cheek teams, but find ourselves in the playoff picture uh, with the seventh seed right now. And we have a chance to get the sixth seed this upcoming weekend against the Buccaneers, a tall task, especially against uh, the teams we've been playing and barely squeaking out wins and losing to the Cowboys. But yeah, it's a miracle that we won on Sunday. I didn't, I didn't watch any of the game, um, but it seemed like it was a miracle that we won with everything that we overcame, whether it was off the field with Kendricks not playing right before the game started or just the turnovers and uh, the plays that didn't go our way. So I'm, I'm happy to be sitting in the seventh seed, and we'll see how the two tough games we have the remainder of the season fares for us and how the Cardinals uh, do down the stretch as well with one more game against the Rams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, certainly watching some of those teams, but Bucks, Bears, Saints, and Lions to end it. Two of those games you're thinking you, you have to win, obviously, with the, the Bears and the Lions, and then you're just trying to steal one of the games uh, this weekend against the Bucks. obviously. Then you get the Bears, then you get the Saints. But Bucks and Saints, you're going to have to steal one of those games, and I think our best chance is this weekend in Tampa Bay uh, against Tom Brady, and they're coming off a of, uh, I think a bye, unless their game was canceled. Yes. But um, yeah. they're coming off a bye, and Tom Brady off a bye, obviously incredible. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me historically, but him with Bill Belichick uh, in New England for all those years were tremendous off of a bye. So that's something to be concerned about heading into that game. But going back to this Jacksonville game, BG, there were just so many mistakes again. I mean, Zim talked about it a lot in the postgame presser. Uh, but you just can't keep having this week after week. Again, they found a way to win this week. Uh, but it easily could have been uh, this three-game homes, and they easily could have dropped all three of those games. Uh, and that's just doesn't give you a lot of confidence when you're going to these last four games and you need to win three of them. It doesn't give you a lot of confidence uh, at all, especially when you're looking at how this offense started again this week against a 1-10 in Jacksonville team. They went three plays and a punt, five plays and a punt, three plays and a punt. 
I mean, that's how, how can you start the game against a 1-10 in 10 team like that and expect to make a push towards the playoffs? But the thing the Vikings have shown for the last couple of years, at least, is they can play with anybody. They can lose to anybody. They can also beat anybody. So that's why I still think we have a chance down in Tampa next week. Yeah, and I was saying the past two weeks, um, during the Panthers two weeks ago, and or whenever it was in the Cowboys, that you win against good teams and you win against bad teams, and that's what we've done. We've played extremely poor the past two games, but good teams find a way to win, which we did. But good teams also find a way to learn from their mistakes, whether it's just bad offensive play, bad defensive play, or what's really been the case for us, bad special teams and turning over the ball. And it's even though we won, obviously it's great, but it's frustrating to see we haven't learned from the mistakes um, of turning over the ball and poor special teams. I mean, we just overcame so many different scenarios, which is good in the end, but just putting ourselves a playoff team now in the scenario against a 1-10 in 10 Jaguars team. We, uh, I think Dan Bailey missed one field goal and one extra point. Um, two, yeah, two extra points and a field goal. Two ex- yeah, one field goal, two extra points. We start off the third quarter with the ball, and the first play, again, is a defensive touchdown, which now is two weeks in a row, which is just crazy. Um, Kendricks doesn't play for us, uh, and just a, a lot of other things. I don't, I don't know because I didn't watch the game, but just reading up on it, there's so many things that were in our control that didn't go our way, and we weren't punished by it because we ended up winning. But if we're going to be a playoff team and squeak in, we're going to have to change that and have to play well against good teams. And if we play like we played on Sunday or we have the past three weeks, we're probably going to lose by 30 points to the Buccaneers. So now's the time to actually learn from the mistakes we've been making and adjust, which we haven't done. So hopefully uh, come Sunday we do that and play with the talent we have and go out there and at least compete for a win. Yeah, and just to you know, kind of recap on the mistakes too, uh, here, here's all the ones I had written down. So you mentioned the pick six on the first play of the second half. Uh, and then we get uh, after the game, Zim says that Dalvin Cook didn't hear the play call right in the huddle. He heard a different play. Uh, and so he wasn't even looking back for the football. It was obvious when you see uh, the replay of that. He didn't even look back for the ball and it goes right to the defender. And it's an easy touchdown. Uh, you have that happen. And then you have Cook and Cousins botch a handoff on the one-yard line. Uh where you're just scratching your head, like, why can't this team score from inside the five-yard line? And they do sometimes, but then they have just sometimes where they forget how to play football, and they can't make a simple handoff and get to the best running back in the league and let him score. I mean, he's going to score the football. And so that is another mistake. He had the two extra, uh, two missed extra points, like you mentioned, uh, the missed field goal, and it was just mistake after mistake. And fortunately, the Jaguars were making just about as many mistakes as us and I will credit the special teams unit uh, in overtime, a 62-yard punt to flip the field after the offense uh, had, had a whopping three-and-out drive uh, to start overtime. Colquitt with a boomer 62 yards, and then Dan Chesna with an unbelievable tackle in open field uh, for basically no return uh, to pin the Jags deep and set up that Harry Hitman interception, ultimately leading uh, to that Bailey field goal to win the game. But BG, just way too many mistakes. Uh, and you got to clean it up. Here's Zim on the performance on Sunday. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of things we have to clean up. We have a lot of young guys still playing. You know, Harrison Hand was in there at the end today. And, um, 
you know, we had some guys banged up today, but, um, you know, we're going to have to play better. That's just bottom line. we got to play better than what we're playing. And, uh, you know, we can't turn the ball. You know, last what did we have two turnovers for touchdowns last week. We got a turnover for a touchdown this week, fumble the ball on the one-yard line. We can't do those things and continue to win football games. I mean, it's a credit to their heart right now that they've that they're winning games by making these kind of mistakes to be honest with you and zim what happened on all the kicking yesterday the dan bailey extra points and the field goals you know i i I don't have any idea and uh he pushed them all it looked like to me but you know i i couldn't tell if it was just he just missed them or you know if the snaps i mean the snaps look fine the hold was fine i don't know yeah, and he goes on there to say that uh, Bailey's had a good year and he has had a pretty good year, uh, and hopefully this is just a fluke and it's not something that continues on into the postseason uh, if we even get there. So, uh, BG, any other thoughts on Sunday's win? Um, I, I think week in and week out we always um, see some positive from the game, even though we play very poorly in another week of positives from Justin Jefferson, again, uh, making his case for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think he had nine catches on 12 targets for about 120 yards and a touchdown. Almost had 47 more yards in overtime, but had offensive pass interference. Which was a bogus call. Could have gone either way, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think he makes his case even more clear for Rookie of the Year now um, with Justin Herbert putting up zero points in last Sunday's game. and He's Mm -hmm. had a great year, too. But, yeah, Justin Jefferson is the perfect complement to Adam Thielen. He is much better than Stephon Diggs when you combine talent and value that we have Jefferson as, and I guess personality-wise, on and off the field. So that's a bright spot that we've pretty much been able to touch on every single week. And then one other uh, bright spot from this past Sunday is Cameron Dantzler Mm -hmm. uh, finally getting his first career interception, um, a play where he just ripped the ball away from the receiver and a fumble recovery. Um, in, in the Sunday's win. So it's good to see him. I know he got burnt for that two-point conversion, which was huge, but he's slowly making big plays, and we need this young cornerback group to, to learn and to grow, and it's week 14. So seeing him at least come away with two turnovers in one game is definitely encouraging. Yeah, and Cameron Dantzler, absolutely unbelievable game for him. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, really a breakout game for him, and you hope this kind of propels him uh, for the rest of this season. I think he was the first uh, Vikings cornerback with an interception this season. I think he's the first rookie ever to have an interception, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery all in the same game. Uh, and so he's just really coming into his own. Zimmer mentioned it in the press conference that he really believes they are set at cornerback now with Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler, the two rookies we drafted this year. And Dantzler really might even be the better of the two, and he was the third-round pick. So credit to Rick Spielman. I mean, he's made his money in the middle rounds of this draft throughout the last 10 years as the GM for the Vikings. And he was starting to get on that, I won't say hot seat, but the seat was warming for him. And he seemed to have pulled off an incredible draft in the midst of a pandemic. So shout out to Rick Spielman. I mean, these rookies uh, are playing tremendously well. And another guy we've, we talked about earlier, DJ Wanham. I mean, he's had a tremendous season as well. So credit to, to Spielman, absolutely. Randy, let's move on to the Packers getting a win over the terrible Philadelphia Eagles football team, uh, 30-16. to 16. They move to 9-3 and three and stay alive in the race for that number one seed in the NFC. Still a game back of the Saints, who are at 10-2, but they moved ahead 
of the Seahawks uh, as Seattle was knocked off by the Giants. Randy, your thoughts from Sunday's win? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good win for the Pack. A couple um, a couple of stats that the uh, stat department sent me over. So Rogers threw for his uh, 400th touchdown touchdown pass in his uh, in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, when he threw for his 300th touchdown pass a couple years ago, he was the first ever player to throw 300 touchdowns before 100 interceptions. And with his 400th touchdown. Aaron Rodgers still hasn't thrown 90 interception in his career. So, um, I mean, he just keeps doing what Aaron Rodgers does. Um, and then on top of that, he had the, uh, he had the second highest ever pro football focus uh, quarterback rating for a game or grade, however they do it. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, those are some stat geeks over there. I don't know what those numbers mean, but uh, I mean, it's, it's good. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yep. Um, but, uh, I mean, Rodgers look good. Devontae Adams look good. Um, defense, defense looked all right. I mean, I think the biggest national talking point out of this is going to be Jalen Hurts and, um, and how he looked coming in because Carson Wentz was just not playing well, um, throughout that whole game, really. Um, and Hurts came in and provided a little bit of a spark, but, um, I mean, we've already topped our points total for the season uh, this year uh, compared to last year. Uh, I think we have the second most points scored in the league. We scored 30 points in, um, I think, nine or ten of our, our games this year. I think you guys have uh, so the most in the league, highest scoring in the league. Let me double-check that here. But I believe it's nine. Mm-hmm. You have nine higher points. So, yes, let's see, points four, seven, I mean, uh, three, 79, and then the Chiefs are at 370, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and the Chiefs didn't score a whole lot of this week, which which uh, helped the Packers out. But um, yeah, I mean the offense has been firing on all cylinders, and you know as I've been saying the past couple of weeks, it's going to come down to the defense and, uh, and if they can get their stuff together uh, headed into playoffs. So um, schedule keeps on getting easier. I think the Titans are the only really difficult game we have uh, we have left. So Packer fans are uh, Packer fans are feeling pretty good right now yeah and plenty of reason to be sitting at nine and three um randy any other thoughts nfl around the league um just on uh i'll touch on the vikings game and 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 the dan bailey situation it's just it's been a it's been a football thought of mine the past couple years and um if i was an nfl player i would absolutely despise the kicker on my team because you go out there and you you are fighting. You are literally fighting in the trenches for 60 minutes. And then all four at the end of the game to have all that blood, sweat, and tears. To have, that, have a game decided by a soccer player. You know, come out and do what no one's been doing for the whole game and, and play soccer. And um, I think, I mean, I'd go as far as saying I think you should take field goals and PATs out of the game entirely. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's soccer. I mean, it's, this is football. This isn't soccer. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what I, I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall though, because uh, seriously, though, like the, these guys are, you know, bashing their brains in for however many seasons. And, you know, some of these guys aren't even making as much as kickers on some teams. And this guy comes out and he, you know, 
how many plays is, is a kicker on average play in the NFL in a game? Maybe six, seven, depending yeah. on how many kickoffs. Probably um, like six or seven. I'd say, probably, yeah, less than 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. At least on average. But yeah, I mean, I think you make a great point. I've never actually heard uh, somebody else with this take before, but I think it's a good one. I mean, it would be interesting to ask, uh, what's the dude's name from Ireland? How do you pronounce it? It's like Sion. Oh, Kean Fahey. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Kean. Is that how you say it? Kean. Kean. Yep. I'd be interested to ask him about that uh, <laughs> as a European guy, Ireland, I believe. Uh, what He's he a rugby thinks. guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, what he thinks, but I think that's a great take though. I mean, yeah, it's always kind of like football versus soccer for some reason. So why would they even have that element of the game? You raise a good question. Um, Ramblin' Ricky, we haven't heard from you yet. We'll bring you in for your segment, uh, Ramblin' Ricky, Tales of the Week, in just a second. But any thoughts, Vikings-related or NFL-related from this week? Um, nothing, nothing that hasn't really been said. Um, that Vikings game, I was trying to get the TV to work. And I was talking to a buddy on the phone, and that first play, I don't know, you guys probably saw it, um, <laughs> that first touchdown that Jaguars had was unbelievable. I thought it was just going to be a sign to come. I thought we were going to lose that game, and we almost did. But yeah, uh, we're in the playoffs, like as you said, right now, and nothing, you know, it's going to be it's going to be weird finishing out this season uh, to see if it even does, like just with all these COVID um, new COVID headlines coming out, like saying that the last seven days has set records for COVID and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if the season doesn't finish up. I would be really bummed though. I'd yeah. be so bummed, but I won't be shocked, but just take it one day at a time. So yeah, yeah, it was a good, good, good win. A win's a win. I think you make a good point about uh, looking at the, at least the standings right now with the Vikings being in the playoffs. Uh, if the season ended today is probably a, a, a way bigger chance of happening than any other year that we ever look at. I mean, if the season ended today could actually happen tomorrow, you know, the season could end tomorrow and they could go right to the playoffs. So I think you make a good point and, it's just more incentive the Vikings keep winning and don't fall out of that seventh uh, wild card spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and next week's gonna be tough, though. <laughs> As Brady was saying, uh, I don't know why they're the Buccaneers are only seven and five. It doesn't make too much sense to me. And I think Brady's gonna turn it on. And um, so hopefully it's just not next week he turns it on. But as you right. said, they're pretty good after a bye week. So we'll have to see. Yeah, hopefully. He's, I mean, they're gonna put it all together at some point, and hopefully it's not next week, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, BG, final thought? Uh, I was just going to say, after uh, rambling Rick there, I think Tom Brady is getting pretty giddy just looking at our secondary and (laughs) the cornerbacks we have just against all those great defenses he's gone up against and then seeing uh, Chris Boyd, I think, and Gladney and uh, Dantzler, and obviously our safeties are phenomenal, but I think Tom Brady's going to absolutely carve our secondary, but I'm hoping that our offense comes out, and if they do, I think we can keep it close. But, yeah. Yeah, the offense is going to show out, certainly. Uh, and we haven't done a pick segment show in a couple weeks, even though I said we were, being, we're, we're going to do it. It's been busy uh, at the golf course, so it's been super busy on Thursday and Friday especially. So we haven't had time the last few weeks. This week we're going to make it happen, boys. We're doing a pick segment show on Thursday night. It's going to be released on Friday morning, and we're going to preview this game. Uh, before that, let's talk Gopher football just for a second here. Uh, they're back in action now, practicing this week, hopefully going to play against Nebraska to, I believe, finish the season. Uh, I don't think there's any – yeah, I think that's going to be the end of the season. 
Uh, but yeah, they're back in action and hopefully we'll be playing this Saturday uh, against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, fellas, any thoughts wrapping up the football weekend? I've got nothing to say on the Gophers except hopefully we went out um, last game of the season and finished strong. But I do have one of the craziest facts I've ever heard football related. And I had it about eight weeks ago to say on the podcast, but I've just been holding it in my back pocket for some reason. So okay, I love it. Here it finally is. Yeah. Say it again. Back pocket podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's what you said. <laughs> But anyway, uh, the, there hasn't been a white cornerback in the NFL to start a game since 2003. <laughs> I know. I think I heard that. 17 years, there hasn't been a white cornerback start a game. Josh <laughs> Seaborn was the guy's name. Is that oh, confirmed? We should have guessed. <laughs> is that no, legit? That's that is a fact. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a fact, Jack. That's, that's incredible. I mean – the question is, is there ever going to be a white cornerback uh, again in football? <laughs> why is that, it's why not, is that it's a thing? not trending that way. No, no, certainly not. Yeah, very why, interesting like, fact. Why can you speak Can you speak for that without sounding like a racist pig? <laughs> I can why try. That, why is there no white cats? Well, <laughs> I don't think – white people I feel like aren't typically the quickest in the NFL. And I You're guess a racist like, pile. Just – yeah, I'll say that. I don't think they're the quickest. Oh, my God. You're, you're I, I can disgusting. certainly attest to that. You're disgusting. Yeah. I, oh, I, God, that's hilarious. I can't <laughs> believe that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, incredible. Incredible fact, BG. Thank you very much. Uh, Ramble and Ricky, you ready for your tales of the week? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. Oh, I can't believe that. Fire away. Okay. Oh, man. Um, okay, this is a really short one. I thought it was really funny, though. Um, this, one, this one comes out of the Twin Cities. Um, <laughs> for a two-week span in May of 1965, St. Paul was one hour ahead of Minneapolis. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? So for a two-week no span... And yeah, no. and for two weeks in May. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> they were one hour ahead of Minneapolis. So back during that time, there was a law in Minnesota that stated that May 23rd was the time when you turned your clocks towards or forward for daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. But in that same year, St. Paul City Council made an order to change the clocks along with a majority of the nation, which the majority of the nation was May 9th. So St. Paul made the, the order and made the, the call that they were going one hour ahead. Um, <laughs> pretty much out of Minnesota did it. So they were one hour ahead of Minneapolis and pretty much the whole state of Minnesota for two weeks. And there were accounts from that time that stated that it was super chaotic, like federal offices that were located in St. Paul, they stayed on the standard time. Certain businesses refused to switch <laughs> clocks and there were accounts that St. <laughs> Paul police officers who wore two watches. <laughs> to account for the time zone, which is awesome, is unbelievable. So, and they said uh, the new one they implemented two weeks earlier. Uh, that so Minneapolis, they would they would have to like some people would have jobs and both or had like lived in Minneapolis and went to St. Paul, and so it was all just thrown off um, business wise and everything, and no one knew when to come in to work. And oh my gosh, um, 
But then the next year, the Congress passed the Uniform Time Act, I think maybe in result to this, which established a uniform time system. So this would not happen again. <laughs> yeah, that's that is they, insane. They waited a year to pass that, dude. Yeah, they pass it a week <laughs> I have no, I have no idea why they did that. What that was just that's just the it's pretty stupid the whole thing. But I think it's hilarious. Yeah, that's that pretty is, crazy. That is uh-huh. nuts. We got and you said it was a two week. It was a two week time frame that they were an hour yep. apart. Yep, you got to so find that, somebody that was you know there living in oh, the city yeah. during that time and talk to them. That's that, so true. That would be hilarious. Uh, yeah, that would be. That's absolutely nuts. That's like Arizona. They don't do um, <clears throat> daylight savings time, I believe. Um, that's what I've heard. No, that, yeah, yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I I wish we didn't do it, but because it just it's four o'clock and it's dark here. But yeah. I don't know why one state can do it and one state can't, and in this case, why one city could do it, <laughs> the other state couldn't. That just makes zero sense. Yeah, that is uh, what a tale. Uh, great find from Ramblin'. Thank Rick. you. Uh, Appreciate that. Absolutely electric uh, edition there of Tales of the Week uh, with Ramblin' Ricky. Fellas, preview show on Thursday night. That will be releasing on Friday morning. Uh, anything to get off your chest? Any takes to get off your chest before that? Uh, one thing. If Northwestern loses to Illinois this weekend and the Hawkeyes beat Wisconsin, then both teams are going to have two losses. But Iowa, since they played one more game, is going to have a higher winning record or winning percentage in Northwestern, Iowa should go to the Big Ten Championship game if that's the case. I think that is, that's what's going to piss me off all week. Is that, but they won't get yeah. the, didn't didn't uh, Northwestern already clinch or no? They did. Yeah, but, w- but what I'm saying <laughs> is that Northwestern could finish 5-2 and two, and Iowa could finish 6-2 and two with mm. a better yeah. winning percentage. And still because, not get in. Yeah. And still not get in. Yep. Hmm. Why is that the case? Because the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah gotcha well, that would be tragic for you randy i hope i hope that doesn't happen but i kind of do hope yeah. it happens i think i'll survive all righty folks we'll see you guys later this week what day is it and in what mind this clock never seems so alive i can't keep up and I can't back down, I've been losing so much time Cause it's you and me and all other people with nothing to do, nothing to lose And it's you and me and all other people and I don't know why can't keep my eyes off of you What are the things that I want to say Just aren't coming out right I'm tripping words You got my head spinning I don't know where to go from here Sends you and me and all other people with nothing to do, nothing to prove, and it's you and me and all other people, and I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you. Something about you now. I can't quite figure out
Everything she does is beautiful. Everything she does is right. It's just you and me and all other people with nothing to do. Nothing to lose, and it's you and me and all other people, and I don't know why I can't keep my eyes off of you and me and all other people with nothing to do, nothing to prove, and it's you and me and all other people, and I don't know why I can't keep my Clock never seemed so alive.